It is Truth Be Told with DT and Telly on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. Good morning. Good morning, Truth Nation. Thank you so much for making the time to listen and let us start your, hopefully, hump day off on a great note. Hope you're having a great week. It is Wednesday, November 29th. You are listening to Truth Be Told with DT and Telly. Telly is on assignment today. We've got our guest co-host with me, brother Tony Smith. Tony, good morning. Good morning. I'm a little more awake than I was an hour ago. Man, I, I can't say <laughs> the same thing. Come like, on. I know exactly what I'm going to be doing at 9 a.m. your time. So 7 before the break. going to sleep at 7 a.m.? <sighs> going to sleep at 7 a.m.? Watch be, me. It's going to be hard. <laughs> Watch me on the truth talking text line. Uh, we've got a caller. We've got Al. And if you're just tuning in, we've been talking about colorism. And and it's it's basically been triggered by the recent picture of Beyonce during her Renaissance concert film premiere, where she received a ton of backlash to the point where her mother posted a very, very long and angry response yesterday defending her daughter clap back and mama I think, knows. yeah mama knows clap back and i think based on one of the comments was that we we understand mama knows why you're coming for us because you're defending your daughter which any good mother would do however it's bigger than beyonce colorism has existed and again our content director kyle wallace had sent me a text Reminding me of the Willie Lynch letter, the theory uh, that Willie Lynch had projected. We'll get into more of that right now. Good morning, Al. You are live with DT and Telly and Tony Smith on Truth Be Told. What is your question or comment? Well, my comment when it comes to colorism, that's all mental. And that's something within that person. You know, so I don't really give into colorism because if a person does not know their strength and power, and if they feel they're not beautiful in their own skin, maybe that's the person you shouldn't be idolizing. That sounds like a personal problem on Beyonce's side and her mammy's side. So I don't really feed into colorism. As long as you wash your hands after you wipe your ass, you cool with me. But this is it's just too much of the programming <laughs> from her. Have a good day. You too, Al. Thank you so I'm much. Cool with now, Al in. I wash my hands. Listen, I, I want to underscore what, what Al had mentioned. So going back to the Willie Lynch theory, and if you have not already read the Willie Lynch letter, I, I recommend that you do this. And, and again, a lot of people have said that this was uh, fictitious. But basically, in the year 1712, Willie Lynch prophesied that mental slavery, in addition to the actual act, it's a subliminal tactic used to keep black people in America, at the time black slaves in America, in a psychological chain for generations. Now, just stay with me, y'all. Willie Lynch prophesied that this method of control would push further an inferior mentality on the enslaved people and eliminate the strength in numbers that unity provided Africans in America. So if they're not unified... And we divide their families and we also create this mindset of the closer your skin is or the closer progress is to whiteness, the further you'll go, the better you'll be treated. 
And so if you look at the music industry, all right, Tony, so let's check check this out. They search for, and, and again, this is just, I'm just the messenger. It has been researched by a number of universities, including HBCUs, that in the music industry, record uh, label owners, and for example, like a Clive Davis, or a, and I hate to bring his name up, a Diddy, mm. <laughs> will we'll psychologic, will search for psychologically unstable black youth in struggling neighborhoods and create stars. So mo- those individuals that have more of a troubled past, whether it is um, verbal abuse in the in the home, uh, absentee parents, you know, other things that impact them to be psychologically stable. And, and again, starting at a very young age, these are how white America, white media, white record label owners create stars to appear a certain way and appeal to all of America, including white people. Now, taking, taking it a step further, they talk about certain aspects of hip hop music. Now, as we are celebrating the 50th anniversary of hip hop, going back to the Willie Lynch theory, a lot of record label owners would specifically focus on artists like NWA, uh, three, six mafia and say, Hey, you want to make money? You want to sell records? You got to perpetuate violence and bring an allure to self-destruction in your own community. Mm-hmm. Gangster so rap. if you, if you have not read the Willie Lynch and I'll put, I'll put, you know, the prophecy or the strategy or the letter, however you want to classify it. It is showing exactly how, although this letter, this prophecy was authored in 1712, it is still, if not even more relevant today in 2023 than it was when it was initially authored. It's, Your it's thoughts, a, Tony? Yeah, I, I looked at that letter. It's, I mean, at the at the end of the day, if you just break it down, it's a basic uh, divide and conquer type of uh, theory, right? That's okay. If we somehow get uh, these people who are in mass to try to s- spread out, then they can't rise up against us because they're they're fighting amongst themselves. So the numbers will go down. I mean, that's the that's the basic theory of what he was saying, but. Um, like I say, I saw it in that the movies when I was watching the Root series back in the day. That's where I first mm-hmm. saw that. Uh, and then, like I say, it's it's just indoctrination. It gets you you see too much of something. Uh, it just it just gets inside your your framework, right? And you just uh, under whether you believe it or not, but it, think, it's in there. Well, to, whether you believe it or not, Tony, it, it is definitely impacting how within our own community. And again, no other community. Asian, Hispanic, and and if there's any Spanish-speaking Black people out there, so African descent, you've got ties to, you know, Spain or just South America, whatever. Call in because this is something that impacts how we interact with each other. The ability to support and patronize our businesses and support one another, even when it comes to relationships. You know, I, I remember, you know. Look at look at Lil Wayne. Lil Wayne will go down as one of the greatest hip hop artists or rappers of all time. That's a fact. He has been comfortable, comfortable letting people know both in interviews, 
on social media, even in some of his songs that he prefers, actually only dates women of a lighter complexion. Mm, what? And, you know, it, oh, yes, he's been very vocal about that. Very, he like him. He like him. There's a song I like him red, but whatever it is. And the reason why I'm bringing that up is because we as black people in this country, we have the gift of having a variety of shades. Like black people come in all shades, colors, sizes. We're one of the most unique, if not the most unique uh, species or forms of race, human beings in this country, in this world. And yet we have hatred for one another based on our skin complexion. On the Truth Talk and Text Line, good morning. This is Monica. How is everyone doing this morning? We're doing great, Monica. Thank you for asking. Monica says, I am very familiar with the Willie Lynch letter. Basically, he believed he could condition the black race to operate out of self-hatred. My family educated us while growing up about things of this nature. I'm on my way to work, and I love your show, Monica. Thank you, Monica. Appreciate that. I wish I wish you know, I'd been introduced to the Willie Lynch letter uh, and during my early childhood. I didn't get I didn't read it surprised about 28, 29. You know, you know, now that now that you just said that, I do remember when I, I played in Spain uh, mm-hmm. for a year and I remember there they had something similar. It was, you know, obviously I'm in Spain, it's Spanish people, but where I played, it was considered what they called a Basque country. And I don't even know what that was. But mm-hmm. they had to kind of something going on with the other Spanish people, so they didn't mm-hmm. feel they didn't. Feel oh, it's like, big in yeah, Spain. Yeah, they didn't feel like they're like uh, we're Basque, they're, you know, or the other Spanish people like they're in the Basque. They're Basque. I'm like, yes. I'm like, I don't know what. Yeah, what? you're all Spanish to me. So it was it was weird, but they had something going on similar. I again, I don't know the the history of it, the background, but it's similar to that. Like you're all Spanish people, but you're acting like you're different and you don't like each other. So oh yeah, because of the skin tone. I saw it firsthand when I was in Spain. And I mean, let's let's even look at the royal family. Meghan Markle. If if you didn't know any better, you could just look at Meghan Markle, you would think she was a white woman. There are some pictures of Meghan Markle where she literally, mm-hmm. if you saw her on the street, you would think that she was a white woman based on the skin tone and, and her hair. But a, the texture yeah, of her nice hair. Nice tan, yeah. And people are like, even even based on her close super duper close proximity to being white she still dealt with racism in the royal family because as far as they're concerned one drop remember that saying y'all back in the day one drop one drop of black blood that's it you were considered who's the black. who's the lady that was pretending to be black she was in some organization oh uh, yeah she, she was a whole yeah. yeah she rachel was a whole naacp chapter president yeah. And you know what? I'm not going to give I'm not going to give her any time or energy because, you know, first of all, there's not not many, if if at all, probably just her white people that want to be black. <laughs> there's a number of I've seen white women and white men that have been classified as, you know, trying to act black or trying to be black. Mm-hmm. She completely lost her mind and said that she was a black woman. She was like literally filing applications right right <laughs> you know including being a, a chapter president for the NAACP which is the National Association of Colored People so but I'm mean, not gonna she, give her any time and energy yeah. because the fact that you even but I'm in just that, saying she pulled even in she, that scenario she pulled off people were looking at her like she was black even though she was lighter 
even in that scenario, Tony, she leveraged her her privilege. She she did. Oh, correct. Now, there's a movie. I don't know if you've ever seen it. Have you ever seen it's it stars Sandra D and I forget the other lady. Um, it's called Imitation of Life. Have you seen the movie, Tony? Uh, I heard of it. I don't think I've seen it. I may have oh, seen man. it. Oh man, you you gotta watch that let me, movie. Let me look this you up. gotta watch it. It's a great movie and it's about a black woman who served as a I'll say domestic care provider, or back in the day they called it, you know, a maid. Oh yeah. And she worked for a very uh, you know, wealthy woman who was a Hollywood actress. Very pretty. That's who Sandra D portrayed. And the black woman had a daughter who passed as white and portrayed herself as a white woman in the movie. And there were a couple of times, I'm not going to give the movie away. If you haven't seen it, you really got to watch it. But it, it is a true example of how we as black people, and it's, this is going to sting because I know some of y'all, when y'all hear this, so this, this is truth it. be told. We got to tell the truth. I'm going to say it because it's truth be told. Some of us literally spend more time and energy trying to look white, sound white, than operating in our true power. We literally will consume, you know, m- m- thousands of dollars every year to relax our hair, to make it look straight and, and very European. You know, we'll, we'll make sure that, you know, oh, you know, oh, I love living in Wisconsin. Why? Because I don't get that much sun. Gotta, you know, I got to keep my, my skin tone. <laughs> I don't get that much sun. I'm for real. Like, these are things that I've either heard or witnessed. And, you know, it's it's too exhausting. Like, I, I was guilty. When I first started working in corporate America, you know, the whole image of making your white counterparts feel comfortable, feel safe, so that they accept you, mm. it, it took a lot out of me. And one morning I woke up and I was like, I'm not doing this anymore. Oh, I'm glad because I'm not in it, corporate America. It, Man, that's where – what? Mm. And I'm, I'm just saying, like, for a lot of us that are listening right now that are on our way to work, we're already thinking about subliminally, subliminally or, you know, subconsciously or just flat out thinking, how am I going to make, you know, my white counterparts feel comfortable in this meeting today? We've got a caller. Good morning, Marlon. You are live with DT and Telly on Truth Be Told. What is your question or your comment? Good morning. How are you guys doing? Good, good. So, what? Color, good, good. Color, colorism is real. You know, um, colorism is throughout the world. Uh, we look at darker skinned people as lesser, and that's worldwide. Um, unless you go to Africa, of course. But even in Africa, the the big thing there is skin lightening cream. So. Uh, so colorism is a big thing around the world. Uh, the other thing you're talking about is code switching. Code switching to make white people feel more comfortable around you as a black person. That's very real. Especially when you work in a, in a uh, white-dominant uh, work, workplace. I know I caught myself. I used to be a mechanical engineer. And being one of the only black mechanical engineers in my office, in my office is, uh, I find myself doing the, the whole code switching to make them feel comfortable. Then I got to the point where I decided I'm not going to code switch no more because they have to be comfortable with me. First of all, I have to be comfortable with myself, but they have to be comfortable mm-hmm. with me being who I am in my skin. 
So those two things are, and, and I think we need to understand these things and talk about them. Uh, I know I talk about it with my sons. My sons are, you know, they're mixed race. My wife is Mexican. I'm black, so they get they get they get this as well. So had to school them on colorism. Had to school them on code switching. And these are things that we have to be very prevalent about because the more you code switch, sometimes you leave your heritage behind because you're trying mm. to make somebody else feel comfortable. And that's mm. that's not what we need to do. I love it. Thank you so much, Marlon. Uh, <laughs> Tony, check this out. On uh, the True Talking text line. And you know what? Let me just say this before I go into the True Talking text line. What I loved about Marlon's comments the most is that when he said we have to get comfortable with being in our own skin. Mm-hmm. And in addition to the comfort, the pride. I love yeah. being black. I love being a black woman. There's First of all, just from a vanity standpoint, I know 20 years from now, I'm probably going to still look like I'm in my 40s. Like my mother is 84 mm-hmm. and people all the time think that she's in her 60s. I love being yeah. a black woman. I love everything that comes with being a black woman. Now, Mike from Mill Road. <laughs> I think this is hilarious. <laughs> Mike, Mike from Mill Road be trying to come for me. But Mike, I keep trying to tell you, <laughs> you, you on the late show, brother. So Mike says. And I'm, he says, your hair's blonde. And your point is, Ooh. what's your point, Mike? My hair is blonde. And your point is, because are you, are you equating me having blonde hair with me trying to be white? Mm-hmm. Call in. That's what it sounds like, call Mike. In, keep, Come on, Mike. Look, call, call, call in, Explain, keyboard courage, Mike. Explain yourself. 833-212-1017, Mike. Because when you come, you, you, I'm telling you, you will not win. But if you if you're asking me because you said your hair blonde question mark, it is blonde. I, I I get it colored every month. Shout out to Salon Blanc on Water Street. What is your point? <laughs> hey, uh, Cisco uh, did his hair once too. What's the big deal? You know what? And the the crazy part about it was when when I first uh, dyed my hair blonde, I intentionally posted a picture of me on Facebook and I said black and blonde. There are so many people who copy our culture, whether they, you know, get a, a lip augmentation and, and make their lips bigger or they wear their about, hair a certain way. people trying to get tans. Yeah. So, Mike, again, my hair is blonde. Yes, you're absolutely right. Thank you for telling me because I totally didn't understand that it was blonde until you said it. What's your point? <laughs> Mike also says, when are we going to just call ourselves America and be done with all this? Oh, here we go. Mike, good morning. Welcome. Mike from Mill Road, you are live. I'm going to lay out with and listen. D- <laughs> with DT and Tony. What's your question or comment, Mike? Hey, good morning. Good morning, DT. Hey, I'm not – I said I said that with a question mark. Uh, first of all, I just said, is it blonde? Because I remember last time I saw it was blonde. What I'm saying is, is y'all, a lot of – It's blonde. We got What's your point? Black, it's, becoming, it's becoming American culture. Okay, it's not so much black because we don't have a nation as black. We're not Africans, at least those who, you know, know the lineage. Okay, but we're black Americans. So we're Americans. So all it is, white girls wearing cornrows, black women wearing blonde wigs, whatever. That's all American culture. That don't make you less black or anything. It's American. That's all I be coming from. It's just America. Okay. 
period. That's your nation. That's what allowed you to even have a voice to even do this stuff is America. I'm not saying America's perfect. But what I'm saying is we got to come out of the, the race idol tree because you're not winning with 13%. You could have had 40%, but that's a whole Mike, story. Mike, let me, let me ask you a question. That, but you could have had 40% of the people here and made more of a difference. Let me ask you a question, Mike, because I, I, I hear you and I appreciate what you're saying. So let me ask you this, Mike. And I know we've got two other callers. Callers, please hang on. I'm going to get right to you as soon as we finish with Mike. Mike, you, you seem to have a very healthy outlook and perspective on being an American and, be, and, and the race being humans versus black versus white. Please teach us a wise one. How do you experience this on a day to day basis? <laughs> In this country, because I mean, what you're saying is great. However, what you're saying is not the reality for most black Americans in this country. So whatever secret sauce that you have, school us in 10 seconds or less. Okay, 10 seconds or less. I don't have no secret sauce. I grew up in Oak Creek, Wisconsin, right? Very white place. It's a little blacker now. And then I went to Howard University, graduated from there. When I went to Howard and I saw a black elite and I saw the different money that's in the East Coast, where our money is, is black people on the East Coast. And then I saw how we would treat certain people who aren't from that school and we would call them locals and how we treated each other. The elitism, in other words, that we have is more so our bigger problem than the colorism that we're talking about now. That's, that's all I'm saying. So it is classism. And I think that's what we're right. more so getting into. Well, Mike, first of all, thank you for calling in because I, I always appreciate hearing your voice yeah, and hearing Mike. your perspective because you give you give great perspective. I mean, even if you don't agree with Mike, the perspective that you're giving, I just want to know how can I live the same life you live because I don't have that experience. All right. Uh, next caller, Jarden. Jarden, good morning. You're live with DT and Tony Smith on Truth Be Told. What is your question or comment? Thank you for taking my call. Um, I just um, – and listening to Mike – uh, he really made a good point when he finally broke that down and explained the whole issue as far as relating to the color of your hair. Um, it's about what, what many people don't understand, that, that this is uh, how people present themselves to the Did world has, oh. a lot to, has, has a lot to do with culture and, and fashion and things like that. It has n- not necessarily anything to do with uh, accepting one's blackness or what race you're from. So he made a he really clarified that in his explanation. But what I wanted to share was that this whole issue about colorism is quite a true thing. I worked for the state of Wisconsin for 34 and a half years investigating complaints of discrimination in employment, housing and public accommodations. And what I found that it was very rare for somebody to walk through the door and file a color complaint. They'd file a race complaint, but many black people didn't really understand what color discrimination really was Mm. and so it was very it was very rare very rare for that to happen Uh, another point i wanted to add too is that you might recall back when india Irie first came out with her first big album and she had Mm -hmm. like um she had i think she had six or seven grammy nominations and she was up against alicia keys uh at that time alicia keys album had first come out and uh as it turned out alicia keys swept the Grammys. She got all six or seven um, Grammys. Um, uh, and the RE did not win a single Grammy. Now, there was a lot of discussion in the press and in black culture about why that happened and whether uh, the reason why Alicia Keys was won was because of her color and that India RE didn't win because she's a darker-skinned black woman. Now, there was a lot of discussion and controversy about it, but it, it was very real and it was discussed in the press 
it just it was discussed, you know, in neighborhoods and people. I remember people talking about it all the time. I don't know if you remember that, but it, it's a I really, do. It's a really mm-hmm, it's a really uh, real thing that color does. Colorism does exist in our community, and it's not going to go away as long as we're invested in the culture and thinking of the past, and that we get around to a stage in which we might. Uh, think differently in the future about who we are as a people. It's, this is not going to go away. Um, it, it's been like that. For, I mean, when you think about, take, for example, Sidney Poitier, who's a dark-skinned black man. Um, he was able to have much success in, in, uh, in uh, motion pictures, but he was the only black, dark-skinned man having that kind of success at that time. Okay, so I think... Be gone. Jordan... Yeah, Jordan, first, thank you so much for calling in and sharing your perspective. You were hitting some very significant points, and and many of which I agree with. Uh, Bottom line, y'all, we got to go to break. When we come back, the bottom line is that colorism is still a significant issue that further perpetuates and creates division in our community. And it really, to to Jordan and Mike's point, it starts uh, primarily in both the entertainment and, I'd say, sports industry. Because that's pretty much where you see who we regard as leaders in our community. It's it's either Beyonce or LeBron versus you know Barack and I, Obama. And I think the reason DT you see it there is because those are the people that are most out in front, right? Like you a- absolutely, you just, yeah, you just gonna go like so we, around the corner in the neighborhood and, and see that thing is happening. But but the thing is, we we got to do better. We got to make sure that it, when people think of pr- prominent black people, that they're just not coming up with the Kobe's or the LeBrons or the Beyonces or the Jay Z. So when we come back. More to come on colorism. Keep calling in. Keep texting. Let us know your thoughts. 833-212-1017. You're listening to the best boarding show on planet Earth. DT and Telly with our guest co-host Tony Smith. Stay tuned. We've got more. It is Truth Be Told with DT and Telly on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. More of Truth Be Told with DT and Telly is next on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. Yeah, let's get it. Katie, good morning. You're live with DT and Tony Smith on Truth Be Told. What is your question or comment? Well, hi, good morning. Um, I was listening to you talk about the entertainment field, but um, I was going to say also in like my family, um, even Thanksgiving, my, my aunt sitting there talking about, it's not my fault I'm light. I, couldn't, I can't help it if I had some blonde hair. And my, my skin's a little browner, um, so I'm always getting ribbed about that. My mother, all her life, getting ribbed about our color. And then where I grew up, because um, I was lighter, then I was called white as a kid. So, you know, going from, from that to the other, it's, it's been crazy. Um, also, you know, ever notice on applications for, it'll say, um, like, Hispanic, black, or white. And it's like, why does it make a difference? Because in one family, just like with us, you can be lighter or darker than other people in the family. And then I saw some discrimination um, out west with if you were from, if you were a Native American or if you were a non-white um, Hispanic, they charge you extra thousand-something dollars for a car. So it's, it's like everywhere. Oh, wow. Oh yeah, I heard wow, about that that's, too. They got, that's they got such bust, racial they got, discrimination. They got busted out there for it though. They got finally got busted, but it was it was going on for a long time. Yeah. Yep. And I'm well, sure you know that's been going, going on, on too in a lot of other places. 
Yeah, Katie, I was going to say, you know, that happens in America where, you know, being black, the mortgage rates, remember there were, you know, companies, mortgage loan companies that were skyrocketing APRs, annual percentage, you know, interest rates to more so to black people than than non-black people. So, Katie, thank you so much for your call. Thank you for listening. We appreciate you. Katie was just saying but same thing family wise within the family like you got lighter mm-hmm. and darker they be talking I mean, it's it's all in fun but they still it's still there you're talking about something that shouldn't really be an issue and it's it's creating a division to where you're basically saying i i have close proximity to whiteness so therefore i'm better than you or I'm smarter or, than you. Or the, or, or the you darker know. person is insinuating that by saying, that, oh, you're uh, whatever, yeah. whatever they're calling you. Yeah. Because quite, quite frankly, I, when I dyed my hair blonde, the farthest thing from my mind and anybody who knows me knows I'm pro-black. I'm pro He's trying to be white. That's what Mike said. Uh, right. <laughs> no, hey, I'll tell you this right now. Tony Smith ain't near one person said that to me to my face because they already know. I'm just kidding, I don't, Mike. I don't, I'm, all I'm trying to do, all I'm trying to do is be the best person I could be, the best human I could be. But th- the whole blonde color, you, you, you want to know what I was you're hiding already, from? You're already light-skinned and now you're blonde? Come on, you know what I was hiding from? I'm going to keep it real. The reason why I dyed my hair blonde is because them grays was coming in. I don't want to get old. I don't want to look old. Oh, so for let me, in. And, and for the record, Mike from Mill Road, it's not blonde. It's platinum blonde Ooh. to kind of blend in with the yeah, grays Mike. and make it. <laughs> don't worry about Denise's complexion, it, Mike, or her hair. That's the content they, of her character. Nope. Nobody could ever say, well, you know, I think Denise Thomas, I think she's trying to be something that she's not. Everybody knows that knows me, knows I'm the one the most authentic, candid, will tell it to you, to your face, will will stick up for my community on any given day in front of anybody. So, yes, my hair is blonde and I'm not defending it. Anyway, (laughs) (laughs) moving on, man, this has been a great topic. And again, for me, it's always about Tony. So now that we know about colorism and it's existed in our community, how do we solve it? When we come back from break, speaking of solving, we're going to talk about the most recent update regarding our beloved, I guess, lack of beloved. I don't even want to say beloved. I don't know. I'm struggling with this, Tony. Who is beloved? This whole Diddy scandal. Oh, wow. So we come back. Yeah. We're going to give you the most recent update. Uh, in terms of some organizations that have uh, just terminated their partnership or relationship with Diddy uh, as a response to the civil lawsuit regarding sexual assault and rape and human and sex trafficking between Cassie, his former longtime on and off girlfriend. So we're going to give you some more updates on that. This is Truth Be Told with DT and Telly guest co-host Tony Smith filling in for Telly. We will be back. More of Truth Be Told with DT and Telly is next on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. It is Truth Be Told with DT and Telly on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you for tuning in. This is Truth Be Told with DT and Telly. Telly is on assignment today, so we have the pleasure of being joined by Tony Smith. 
Tony, how you yeah, doing? Yeah, yeah. Doing good. Got a good, uh, <laughs> good conversation going here today. I like we it. did. We did. It took us almost through the whole show. Now, I got a couple yeah. of quick updates for you, Tony, mm-hmm. right, and Truth right. Nation. I'm going to start with some good news first before we get into this not so good news, but not surprising. Do y'all remember Jason Weaver, who was the voice of Simba in the hit movie, Disney hit movie, Lion King? Do y'all remember Jason uh, Weaver? So he, I don't, but I remember the yes. voice. It's okay. Okay, so you remember him, Ben? So he was, and I should say, he was the voice of of Simba singing the famous, very world-renowned song, I Just Can't Wait to Be King. And Jason Weaver just announced on Instagram that he is celebrating the song becoming two times platinum. And so it was released back in May of 1994. It's certified now, 2 million units sold from the Lion King soundtrack. It went gold uh, in 2017. It went platinum in 2022. And as of November 22nd, it went two times platinum. Now, here's the significance of this. Is he getting paid on when, that? Well, and here's the significance. <laughs> when he signed with Disney to record the song. I just can't wait to be king. Disney offered him $100,000. His mother, who at the time was his manager, and I believe she she still is, uh, made sure that he did not take that offer, but instead negotiated royalties. So what that means is that every time a unit of that song is sold, and right now it's double platinum, he's getting a check. So he's been getting checks for 30 years from that song versus just accepting more than the one time 100,000. Exactly. Oh, psh, he's getting way beyond that. So shout out, you know, the black mama's boy, I tell you, between Michael Jordan's mom, mm-hmm. Kanye's mom, Jason Weaver's mom, shout out to all the black mamas who making sure that ain't nobody messing with our money. I mean, your money. <laughs> they, they baby's money. Exactly. So congratulations to Jason Weaver again. I just can't wait to be king going triple, excuse me, two times. I'm, I'm going to manifest triple platinum, but right now, as of November 22nd, mm, it is it going. two times platinum. Now, in other news, other bad news, don't, don't, don't. We got a. Uh, and I knew, we got it, a, it, it just, I knew a, this was going to happen. Uh, uh, you know, you die in Donkey Kong. You got one of those, it's, Ben? <laughs> That's what this you know, story is like. It, let me share this really quick, this story, and then <laughs> Tony, Ben, I don't think Diddy is bothered because that's how, I'm just going to use the word, that's how arrogant he is. Mm. So let me just get into what happened. Capital Preparatory Charter School has officially announced the end of their partnership with Diddy. An official statement was posted on the school's official website by Dr. Steve Perry, who basically uh, partnered with Diddy. So Diddy was involved with the launch of this very world-renowned charter school in Harlem, New York. It started in 2016, and Diddy made a $1 million donation that went towards the school's Bronx location. And so the news of the school's decision to part ways with this media music mogul came shortly as after it was also announced that he was stepping down as the chairman of Revolt. Revolt is a media group, television, podcasting, you, you name it, 
a lot of uh, people, uh, the Breakfast Club is under revolt. There's a lot of numerous shows and, and programming that's under revolt. Diddy has now stepped down. Now, although he did not have a lot of engagement in the day-to-day operations of revolt, he was definitely, uh, based on his role as chairman, an executive sponsor monetarily. Yep. Oh, yeah. What hurts, though, is that the charter school – the charter school has had to announce the end of their partnership with Diddy. And it hurts because this is a cop, a, a capital and college preparatory school. And it, it's, it impacts a lot of young black and Brown kids. Yeah. For those that don't know, Dr. Steve Perry, do some research. He's an incredible human being. He actually came to Milwaukee a couple of years ago, maybe four or five years ago. And he's the founder and head of, the Capital Preparatory Schools. And again, they have decided to part ways and end their partnership with Diddy, also known as Sean Combs. And it says in the statement, while this decision was not made lightly, we firmly believe it is on it is in the best interest of the organization's health and future. Thoughts, Tony? Some yeah. Uh, first of all, somebody's gonna have to pick that up. I think somebody's gonna pick up the slack that, that Diddy's leaving behind. But I mean this this when, this, when I first saw this story, I was like, oh, what? More of this? Are you surprised? Uh, I am. I mean, I'm surprised. Why? I mean, I'm, I'm surprised to a level. I mean, I mean I'm, not, I'm not surprised at the point that, oh, I can't believe this happened, but I'm just surprised that it, that it did happen. That is like. Why? Why are you surprised? I mean, just because I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, want, so, a, I didn't want another. I didn't want another brother going down like this. So you're not surprised. You're disappointed. That's yeah, a difference. There you go. Because like, yeah. I'm, yeah, I was going to say that what you just described is you're disappointed. You're disheartened. Correct. Yeah, it's a yeah. letdown. Yeah. It's like, here we go again. All right, better, yeah, but surprise. I was like, are you you're surprised for real? Because we all know in, in today's society with with allegations like that, followed by him settling. It's just Correct. guilty by association. Like we cannot be associated with somebody who literally in, in 19 hours responded to a civil lawsuit which included allegations of sexual assault, rape, trafficking, you know, all that, yeah. and, and still just continue the partnership. So I'm not shocked. I'm sure there is, unfortunately, more to come. Because at the end of the day, yep. what hurts me the most is that Diddy was one of the most powerful, influential black men in this country. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, Mo- most powerful, most influential. And he, he apparently, and I'm going to do allegedly, has used his powers for evil and not good. And up until, you know, the past two or three years, which I feel was a PR stunt, yep. you know, writing I mean, checks here and there, oh, yeah, and naming your daughter that love. That's, that's the yeah. thing that, that's the thing that gets you. Like you see him out there, you saw all the good stuff out in the public, but he's got all this stuff going on in the background. that obviously we don't know about until, you know, somebody gets up the courage uh, to bring it out. It's just, man, you, I don't know. It's just like you know. You feel you feel you feel duped, right? You feel like you just got you got. You tricked. do. It's because like, again, come on, Diddy, man. Diddy is one of you know the few black billionaires, and the number increases, thank God, every year of black billionaires. But he was one of the first, and and he was one of the few. Armore says, "Will they return the money they accepted? Why should they, Armore? Yeah, no. Why they, should they no. return the money based on what Diddy did? Like if if they would have if if Steve Perry would have you know been accused of the same crimes that diddy was accused of diddy could have easily said hey i'm no longer funding this organization 
But why would they want to return the money? Yeah, that makes no sense. That yeah. So Armor, where's that coming from? Help me understand your logic, because that makes why would why would they return the money to Diddy when they did nothing wrong? And quite frankly, Diddy he, at this point he probably needs to be looking at all the tax write-off opportunities that he has. So again, Armor, help me understand what be, what that question comes from. He needs to be uh, given more now, just, just to make up for it. You know nonsense. what I'm saying? Yeah, give us give he some more. He needs to be given more. Armour talk about will he return the money for what? Like, what do you for, help me understand? Armour, we don't want your blood money. Uh, wrong. Like, like Diddy. Yeah, here's here's your here's your money back. First of all, <laughs> that money is probably already spent. I mean, it's a preparatory. Already budgeted out. Already budgeted out. But again, I'm just trying to understand why should they even be expected to give the money back? Uh, <laughs> that that goes with like people, oh, we're not going to listen to his understand. music, or we're not going to do this. Like, no. Nah. Come on, bro. When that that's not not but that, in this, that, not in this situation. Be, this is, but this not, is but here's the thing though. If the organization said we're gonna give Diddy his money back, that would be their prerogative. They could do that. But I'm trying to understand, are you alluding that they should give the money back? Because yeah. you said will they return the money they accepted? For what? Yeah, Why? Giving it back is not it's not fixing anything. It's not gonna Yeah. yeah. And those kids them babies need that money. It's bigger Correct. than Diddy. That that's a that's a school that is creating black excellence with our youth. So Armour, I, again, help me understand where that question even came from. The Truth Talking text line is 833-212-1017. That's like me being engaged and he cheats on me. Now, I could give the ring back, but knowing me... Yeah, you should get the ring back. I would... For what? You cheated on me. You don't want that ring. It's dirty. I I definitely want that ring and I'm going to have a, a great time with it? that ring. More to come when we come back. <laughs> We come back. Now, hey, what you going to do with it, truth? Denise? You're asking rhetorical questions. Okay. Give me a rhetorical I mean, answer. I'll put it to you like this. I'm not going to wear the ring. That's yeah, your rhetorical uh, answer. There you go. I'm not going to wear the ring. It, y'all. More to come. For my pain truth and be suffering. Truth <laughs> See? When we come back, I'm going to tell you a quick story about a similar situation. It wasn't an engagement ring, but and I hope he's listening, too, because I'm about to put this whole brother on blast when we come back. <laughs> 833-212-1017 is our Truth Talk and text line. You are listening to the best morning show on planet Earth. Truth Be Told with DT and Telly, our guest co-host, Tony Smith. We will be back. Don't touch that dial. Truth Be Told with DT and Telly will be right back on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. Tune in. More of Truth Be Told with DT and Telly is next on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. You all know what it is, Truth Nation! This is Truth Be Told with DT and Telly! Tony Smith in the building! And this is Truth of the Matter! Thank you, Benjamin. My truth of the matter is simply this. I'm going to respond to uh, a text Armour said regarding Diddy uh, being removed from the partnership of the Capital Exploratory Schools. He says it's like a political donor who gets caught in a real bad scandal. The recipient is expected to return the money. Uh, Armour, it's not like the political donor. See, that's the thing. Th- this was this was donated to a school. A political campaign donation is completely two different things. So you're comparing apples to oranges. So it's not like a political donor. But thank you for your text. Uh, My truth of the matter is this. 
if you cannot afford to lose it, do not give it. Because at the end of the day, people say, oh, you know, if, if you break up, give the ring back or if you... It's not a one size fits all. So we don't know necessarily all the details of that particular situation. But at the end of the day, do not give something to someone with an expectation of getting it back. That's why I don't loan people money. And I don't I don't ask for loans. I'm either going to give it or I'm going to get it. I was going to ask so to again, hold like $20. Denise, come on. I got you can have $20. Oh, I can have it. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm not doing that loan stuff. So don't give things truth of the matter. Truth of the nation, truth of the matter is do not give anything that you are going to expect in return. Because that's the root cause of disappointment. Truth of the matter. Uh, You know, Truth Nation, I feel like Truth Nation is is pretty woke out there. They're kind of in tune to what's going on. But a lot of people aren't. You got to be on the lookout for these little small indoctrinations that are out there in society right now. Because they're still out there from, and they're, they've been out there for a long time. We got to start to get those out of our mind. Because like you say, you heard it long enough. Uh, it's going to be in your mind. Yeah, you might not, it might not be a conscious thought, but it's, it's in there. And we got to try to fight, fight those to, you know, like the, the light skin versus dark skin type of thing. I mean... Uh, like I say, I, that hey, that got in my mind. The doctor, the berry, the sweet of the juice. <laughs> All right, I mean, like it's just it's just in there, and you, now all of a sudden you you start to think about it, and it's like, oh yeah, yeah, okay. So we got to be on the lookout for that type of stuff. A lot of indoctrinations have been going on since way back when, like that Willie Lynch thing was how how long ago? How long was that? Seventeen twelve. Yep. So it's been going on for a while, people. We got a lot of work to do, but let's get it done. Well, I know Ben is going to be like, we got to go. We got to go. go. Ben, you got time for your truth of the matter? We got to go. Uh, my truth of the matter is. Get that ring back, he said. <laughs> get a ring back. Uh, stay black. <laughs> stay black and stay proud. Off my dead body. <laughs> you best kill me if you want to get it back as get far as DT is concerned. That's, don't ask me to marry you if you going to mess up. Y'all have a wonderful day. Love you so, so very much. Thank you all for tuning in. Up next, Sherwin Hughes. We will see and hear y'all tomorrow. Make it a great day. Peace out.